0: Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
1: I'm Sheila Shoiga, and welcome to Ready To Be Real Conversations. The podcast series where right, I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort, or simply entertain you. In this episode, I speak to Cork powerhouse Lyra.
2: That really stems the whole value that I hold now as an artist of this staying true to yourself. Yeah. Like it that is kind of what massively came out of it because you know I could have lost myself for a few years being somebody else and lost my nan and I think I would have been in a very dark and lonely place whereas I lost her but I found myself and that was really nice for me because I'm now so happy as a person and I don't know then it being her song then I kind of always knew that they're the songs I should be writing And this is where I'm going to be.
1: Lyra is a singer-songwriter who's known for her distinctive voice, striking outfits and her electrifying live shows. In this conversation, we speak about confidence and staying true to yourself, the special bond she had with her nan Kitty and the absolute joy she feels when she's performing. She's independent, great crack and full of integrity and it was absolutely brilliant to chat to her. Here it is. Lyra, it's great to meet you. It's great to meet you too. How's it going? I'm good. I've been very excited about meeting you. And from the second I met you, which kind of bumped into you by accident outside.
2: (laughs) Going for my coffee fix. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you know what? You just seemed exactly as I thought you would be. Really sound.
2: Thanks. Try my best. Yeah. Keep those boots on the ground, you know? Yeah, it's important, isn't it? <laughs> Definitely. Especially in our industry. Oh my God, you can get a bit carried away with yourself and you're like, back it down. You ain't Beyonce yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like the way you said, yes. Of
2: course, yes. Manifestation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and actually, speaking of Beyonce, I can't help but think when I see you on stage, you know, you're this enigmatic performer. You look like you're 10 foot tall when you're on stage. Might be the heels. but you, you know. <laughs> Definitely. You're like you're, you just have this, you have this aura. Your outfits are class. That voice of yours is glorious. And you just look like the most confident human being in the world. The only other person as confident is probably Beyonce. <laughs> Learned it from my sister, didn't I? What am I like? Oh my God. She talks about, you know, having this alter ego, this, you know, Sasha Fierce. Yeah. Is, is that a, do you relate to that?
2: I feel like I do, and I like I never thought that I did. And I think maybe the past year, I'm kind of like, maybe I do because, like, sometimes when I go on stage, I shocked myself because, like, I look back at videos and I'm like, how did I do that? Or, like, why did I do that? Or, like, how did I have the confidence to do that? You know, like certain things, but like, in that moment when I'm on the stage, like, I could just do anything because I feel like this power come over my soul, mm. and I'm just like enjoying myself so much I could just do anything like at one point I crabbed across the stage I'm like why did I do that you crabbed across the stage
1: what do you mean like
2: the actual crab (laughs) dance so I was explaining how like I can't dance but when I'm on stage I love to move to like my song. so like I call it abstract movement and I was like everyone do your worst dance ever together with me and then I just crabbed my sister was like no you didn't I'm like I did I I just I did I done it that was it that was me
1: Uh, so you're in flow Mm -hmm. your inflow you know it's really interesting to me because it is that thing of when you hear people and you hear it a lot from artists who feel like they get lost in it as you said when you watch the footage back it's like was that me did I do that it's it's like you almost go to another plane where you don't remember what's even happening
2: you just I just feel like I become so this sounds so like corny but like so happy in myself that like I I don't know something just takes over me and I just forget everything like the nerves go out the bloody window the second I sit on stage and it's just because I'm so happy to be there and like seeing people singing or dancing or like anything just interacting in any particular way I just become like this new woman I'm just feel so free and I know it sounds so corny but like I do because I feel like that's the only real thing that I'm good at in life is singing Writing music and performing. So, like, I'm there and I'm getting to kind of like finally shine as who I really want to be. So, I just, yeah, I love that.
1: (laughs) There is the performer you that is larger than life. And probably if I was to meet that Lyra, I might be a bit intimidated. But when I say I wasn't surprised when I met you, I've heard you in an interview, I've seen you on TV. And when I hear you speak as yourself, you just come across as such a grounded. I will say normal person which yeah. you are obviously and you're a grafter like I, I I offered to help with your bag um, and you were like nah I got this <laughs> yeah, you're just you know
2: yeah well I suppose I have to I'm like I am my own kind of identity and like I have to like make sure that the only person going to get me to where I really want to go realistically is myself yes my amazing team are massively helping me get on those bigger pedestals but like you know I have to be doing it as much myself as I can and I like to be the normal person because I, I really really am and like I actually get a lot of DMs and stuff saying like I thought you were going to be right B-I-T-C-H but then I went inside you live and like you're normal you're so normal you're so like us and I'm like yeah I am like it's not all what you see I suppose if I did see myself from that kind of perspective I would probably like Jesus she seems like a right old pain in the arse <laughs> but I'm not I just it's just yeah. who I become I've they are. so No I'm not
1: <laughs> No it's great You're somebody who is Comfortable in their own skin And you're I suppose Do you have A respect for who you are At your core To go This is me Take it or leave it
2: Yeah massively I do Because like I spent years Like not having that confidence In myself at all Did you And like I used to really beat myself up About like my voice People would say like us oh, really loud And obviously when I moved Over to England but
1: That's it, a good the, thing Yeah It's a good thing You have a powerful voice Yeah
2: It's like, one guy was like, oh, you sound like you're singing in a football stadium. And I was like, oh, my God. And it really, now looking back at it, I shouldn't have let it affect me as much as it did. But it really did. And every time it goes like singing the demos in the studio, I would literally like clam up and like try to pronounce my THs or like try to sound a bit more poppy or try to do these like runs in my voice that all the pop artists were doing. But I realistically, I can't do like, that's not my voice I can't pronounce my THs when I sing. A, I, that's
1: a cork thing. Yeah. But look, what are you going to do? That's your voice. Exactly. That is this who is you me. are.
2: And I think this is the first time I'm really enjoying it because I'm not being apologetic to being weird and wonderful and wearing stuff that I want to wear that some people are like, what in the name of God, you're wearing. I'm loving it. And it's the happiest I've ever been Class. being me as an artist. It really is because I just feel free and I feel like, no one's going to stop me because they can't because I'm just going to keep going even if they try kind of vibe
1: yeah so and, they tried, nice. and they did try and change it didn't they? they did
2: they were like girl you need to dye your hair black and you need to like be really gothic and you need to like don't speak in between your songs just let them roll over so people are really mysterious about you and they don't know who you are and then I was I was really unhappy because like I can't not talk like anyone that comes to the show that I is more like a comedy <laughs> show than a singing show. My dad's like, you're like Christy Moore. I'm like, thanks, dad. <laughs> oh, God almighty. So I was just so unhappy. I was like, that's I can't do that. I was like, I, I feel like people aren't getting to know me at all. And then I'm singing and, and they are only getting this like one spectrum of me, which is like this dark gothic girl on stage. And there was no connection with the audience. There's no connection with any fans or anything like that. Mm. And I was like, this is just soul sucking. Yeah. So I was like, that's it. If that's the way you want me to be, then... I'm out. This like, is not gonna I just work. couldn't do it. I couldn't. I was so unhappy.
1: And well done. That that takes guts because I would imagine when you really want something and you're working so hard for it when when you have a kind of a carrot being dangled in front of you of yeah. we're, we're going to work with you but you got to do X, Y and Z yeah. and you go no I'm not going to do that. That must take that must be difficult to kind of go oh what have I said no to?
2: Yeah it was really hard and I was scared that maybe I had like lost my opportunity and like these were very big people in the industry in London and I was like well they obviously know what they're talking about so obviously I don't know what I'm talking about but I just think it's because I'd come home and I would hate like an email coming and being like oh you're going to the studio tomorrow and could be with the biggest person in the world and I hated going there because I was just I didn't know who I had to be that day
0: yeah. and like
2: getting up to sing the demos was just freaking me out to okay. death yeah. so like I was just like "What? what is this and I got I got bought in for doing songs by myself with my friend in a garage, like, I obviously knew what was the real me. But then I kind of got transformed a bit. But I was like, right, I'm going back to basics. And I had to take some time out anyway. And it really gave me time to, like, put light on me, my life, what I want to do, how I want to get there. And I felt like if I went in my own path and didn't make it, then that would be okay with me. But yeah. if I went on someone else's path and didn't make it, I'd always have someone to blame and it would be myself for not staying true to myself. So I was like, right, let's just go on the other path. Sure let's
1: plate, just go yeah. for it. Let's uh, talk about you as a kid because obviously, you know, the woman I see in front of me today is, you know, brimming with confidence in the best way. You've got a lovely, warm, earthy, uh, personality. Now, in saying that, we were just joking. So we, were, we took a quick selfie before we came in, <laughs> and I paid you compliments straight away. You just, you know, you did that Irish thing of Aaron, no and you I kind know, of put yourself yeah. down, what? even though you're absolutely stunning. Um, so but y- you know, we do sometimes struggle with that, don't we? Yeah. But what were you like as a kid?
2: Oh, uh, I was a bit um, wild, I suppose. Okay. Like in the way that. My mum's always say I'd be drinking puddle water outside uh, all the time. They'd come out and I'd have like cuts on my forehead and they're like, oh, she's drinking out of the puddle. She's so one just, with nature. Yeah, she's just so unique, her <laughs> child, the elixir of life. <laughs> um, I was always be the one that I'd have to have like matching clothes for everything, like the frilly knicker okay, things so over that, nappies so and style stuff. and
1: fashion was big in your life from the get-go?
2: Always, like I'd say, I look back on my family photos and I'm like Marto, who did I think I was with the like you only go to the pound shop and you get the glasses with the clip on earrings oh, and yeah, the clinky yeah. clonky <laughs> shoes like I'd be wearing them as daily wear like I that would just be me going around the place my sister was like look at your one
1: what age I'm are we like, talking?
2: Uh, all the way up in those photos I'd say I'm probably like four, five all all the way up (laughs) like in Cool Main Beach like a matching swimsuit thing that like literally I probably shouldn't have been wearing at that age It's like no sides and I was like what's happening here
1: I can't help but think (laughs) of the Dolly Parton quote more is more
2: yeah that was so me I (laughs) am more is more extra literally when I go on stage I'm like will I wear this yeah yeah. will I wear this yeah with them together yeah my <laughs> throw it like, all on yeah then. I literally had a electric picnic I wasn't even supposed to be wearing that cowboy hat with my outfit okay. I bought a cowboy <laughs> hat just for the weekend I had like <laughs> gold hanging off the rims of it and I had this full drag queen leotard with like all sequences on it Fabulous. and I just put the hat on I was like
1: it works yes
2: this is happening <laughs> and I'm going on stage wearing this and my sister's like are you really going to do that I was like, I was like yeah I'm doing it. So, it's I did it for the first song, and then I threw it off so dramatic side of stage, and I was loving life. And I was like, She's back. The four year old is back.
1: Aw, <laughs> but you know what? Isn't that it? Actually, you've probably hit the nail on the head because we keep hearing about the importance of play in adulthood because as we grow up and we're meant to be responsible, <laughs> never going to happen here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like we forget sometimes of play and laughter and crack and being silly and Mm -hmm. the stuff that we did naturally as kids that was so good for us. Yeah. And you get to play when you're on stage. All the
2: time. Mm. I mean... Yeah, it's so much fun. It's literally like playing dressing up and yeah. having your own concert. Except for this time it's not your mom and dad. It's actually people paying for, to come and see you. It's it's pretty wild. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that's not me just going around the kitchen with like a tennis racket pretending to play the guitar <laughs> to my mom and dad singing Ava Cassidy or something. It's like, it's real life adulthood that I've lived through my childhood and it's really nice. Yeah, It's like, I never feel like I'm at work. Like my dad's like you have the best job in the world. I'm like, yeah, I kind of forget that it's a job, but it doesn't never feels like it. It's mm. the coolest ever. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever grow up. Ever. Yeah. Sorry, Dad. Sorry, Mom, it's not yeah. happening. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well look, I suppose you're doing you're doing your dharma. You're doing your purpose, your life's mm. purpose. You're doing what you're meant to be doing. For sure. Yeah, you're in line with it. It's fab. Um so flamboyant, not shy. Wild, earthy, in touch with nature, kid. <laughs> <Awful>. <laughs> <laughs> when when did the singing start? Was it what was it always there?
2: It was always there, but it actually was massively influenced by my sister who's an amazing singer and oh, I'm fab. like her little shadow. Like everyone's ah. always like, Oh, there's Sarah's shadow and I'm like, Yeah, here's me like I used to do everything that she used to. So she started singing, so I'd always be in the background doing like the backing vocals or something oh, like that. So um it kind of started like that. And then I decided, oh, maybe actually I am as good as my sister. This is pretty cool. And then uh, we just started singing together and everything started in the church. Then she left the church choir. I took over the church choir. And then just kept going. Like all the school plays, like always wanting to be the lead part. After Riku one year, I was young Evita for the first half and she was older Evita oh. the second half. And I was like, this is the coolest ever. Yeah, that, that, was, that was pretty cool. amazing. I was like, the only thing is... She got to wear all the best outfits. (laughs) Save at the start was wearing rags, and I was like, Great, I'm the flamboyant one. She couldn't care what she wears, and she's the one there with all the diamante dresses on. I was like, Got it. But that's kind of like where my music starts, and then obviously having Irish family every time we go anywhere. Like they're like, go on up there now on the mantelpiece and sing and you'd always go up by the fire and just have an old sing song. Yeah, of course. You'd have to. Yeah, yeah. All the time. Like my uncle, God rest his soul, is asked us to sing Ireland's Call all the time. Oh, really? All the time. Would you give a welly? Always. Always. always have to. I always <laughs> was centre stage no matter where I was. <laughs> belting it out.
1: So you might as well have been in the Aviva.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: That was me. I love it. And would you sing together then yourself? Like say, say if there was a you know get together and, you know, there was a bit of food, a bit of drink, a bit of crack and then, you know, two o'clock in the morning is a bit of an old sing song. Would you guys maybe sing an old song together? Always. And you oh, know what the weird that. thing is,
2: is that like obviously I've taken music on as my profession and yeah. I love it once my sister's in the room like I'm always the BV like I'm always like okay you start you start like literally like we're 12 and she's like you're the professional singer would you just start and I'm like no no you start and then I'll just come in so like we have like Caledonia down to a T I mean we are like so good at it (laughs) (laughs) we're literally like just so in sync we've been singing it for so long I'm like yeah this is our tune this is our jam
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's somebody I want to talk about because I know she meant an awful lot to you your nan Kitty.
2: Yeah, yeah. I love her to death. She's like the coolest man ever. She, Well, she was. I always talked about her as if she's still here because I don't know. Just, she feels like yeah, she's still here? Defo. Yeah, oh, I get really emotional talking about this. Okay. It's, just, it's been years and I still get it. It's weird. Um, She was great. Yeah. And why am I getting like It's okay, like
1: this? I get it. I get it. I get it completely.
2: She, like, she's the reason why I wrote Emeralds, my very first song that I wrote. And I think, yeah, it was after that song that I was like, oh, I'm not just a singer. Because like, oh, I, like, I'm going to call a spade a spade. I don't think I probably would have made it as far if I was just a singer because there is so many amazing singers out there. Like, we are riddled with them. Like, they're amazing. I think what was setting me apart was my songwriting and I massively felt like writing Emerald showed me that. Yeah. And it was the first time that I was like, okay, I, I can do this because I'm writing these songs that, you know, I was getting a lot of contact from London from, like, the big record labels, like because of this one song so it had to have been good um, and it was because of her and she was really worried about me being in the music industry and like going back and forth to England and worried that I would never make enough money or like she'd always be like go down to my bed there's a tenor underneath and like take it she'd always try to look out for me because you know for her I was I was a singer and, and this was my career so writing that song and playing it to her was like such a game changer for me um, And it, Yeah it, that must
1: have been a huge moment
2: Yeah it was, she, she at, the, at the first listen, I don't know if she like really got it. And then yeah. the second time she was like, oh, and you wrote this, you got, you wrote that air. She kept saying, you wrote ah, the air. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I wrote the air. And she was just so thrilled about it. Yeah. Um. yeah, and it just was an eye opener to be like, I can do this. And it's been, it has made me as an artist, like, you know, it got picked up for Striking Out, it got picked up for like, so like the Guinness yeah, advert, Guinness you know. Ad, yeah. It got picked up for a lot of things. And I know this sounds so weird and some people listening be like, this doesn't happen. But it really does. Every time I sing this song, I played it at Wilderness, I played it at Electric Picnic, it's always lashing down rain. And second this song comes on, it stops. And I'm not even joking. It's the freakiest thing ever. And I said it to my team at Electric Picnic I was like, this song, just wait. Just like this this happens. Um, So I feel like she's still always there. And it was a great way to start my career with such... A song that meant so much to me. I write this song for you, for hope to keep you well high. I need and pray for our hearts.
1: The sky will be our hearts. Because she was in your lives. A lot.
2: Like we, like my man bloody killed me, but like she basically reared us. Like, you know, we'd go to our nan's all the time. We'd go every day after school, we'd go. So like like
1: very near to your house growing up. Yeah, Yeah. very
2: near. Like, you know, it's all that song's about like running in the fields. She lived up in like these castle grounds and we just had such a fantastic childhood with her. Like Mm. we were able to go make mud pies and do all those kind of like things that... Nowadays, you wouldn't be doing. You'd be sitting inside on your phone or something like that. So we had a lovely childhood with her, yeah. and I was so lucky. She was so close to us. Every Christmas, she'd be down, always giving out to me about making the trifle wrong. <laughs> 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 One year, I put honeycomb in, and she's like, "What is this trifle?" I'm like, "It's a new year. That's a new trifle."
1: <laughs> Don't mess with the original. <laughs> Do not. So, if you if you were to describe her to me as somebody who who never met her, what would you? How would like? What kind of person was she? So she was obviously a truth teller. <laughs> she didn't yep. hold back.
2: She did not hold back. She was fierce. She was <laughs> an extremely strong woman but in a very kind and caring way. Yeah. Like she really was. Like she looked out for us a lot. I remember time, I'd have an argument with my mom and dad like she'd be the one I'd go to like all the time. So she was just a powerful, caring, loving, small, tiny, tiny woman. Like mm. a little Polly Pocket with grey oh, hair. Okay, And she was just... And she was always bloody cold. She's constantly in fleeces upon fleeces sitting out in the baking sun and we're all there in bikinis and she's just sitting there in her fleeces with her big hat on her. She was just the cutest thing ever. Oh, I loved her.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's obvious you did. Yeah, I did. Um loved a lot. Yeah. To me. Mm.
2: Yeah, she was... And as I said, she did curve my career because during that time when I was, you know, getting all these um, call-ins from labels and stuff like that, is when she started to fall ill. And, like, my mom kind of wanted to protect me from that because she knew that this could have been a make-or-break kind of career time for me. Yeah, so, so she you, was,
1: you were in England Yeah, at I was over in
2: England. Um, and she's like, oh, she's fine, she's fine. And I was like, oh, you're doing this thing now. Mm. So I was like to my sister, was like, can you tell me? Because, like, if something happens, like, I would never be able to live for myself. And my sister was like, yeah, look, she's she's not doing great and... I was like, okay, well, I'm coming home then. That's it. So I booked to come home. I was coming home for, like, a good few weeks. Mm. And that turned into weeks and weeks and weeks. And I just couldn't leave. I just I just couldn't leave her. Like, because she was ill and... Do I mean asking what was... She... So she ended up having esophageal cancer stage four when they actually found out. Okay, I'm so, so
1: sorry. So,
2: like... <clears throat> she loved her house her house was so cute it was like a tiny little green bungalow and she obviously like every old person wants to stay in their house and didn't want to be in hospitals and stuff like that so yeah. myself and my sister decided to move into her house and like care for her that oh, during wow. that time Yeah, and like it was hard but it was the best decision of my entire life and I wouldn't have even minded if I had to have let my career slip away and not be here to do really? that because I, I wouldn't give it up for the world and It was just lovely to give that back to her because she had minded us for so many years, like step in and then mind her. That was magical for me and changed me so much. Like, you know, seeing that person that you love so much. I know, I know. Go through that and be there for them. You just change.
1: Yeah. Well, it's the most stunning act of love Mm. to be there for somebody in, in a time when they really need it because... I'm I'm guessing that she needed a lot of care yeah so and you were there doing it and that's that, that's not easy no it's not an easy thing to do to be minding somebody so intimately I suppose yeah but it's it's it's, it's true love yeah it's, it's true So
2: love. you know what as well it had great memories because I remember it was like around Christmas time and I was belting away up in the kitchen cleaning oh holy night yeah <laughs> as you do <laughs> Have my own little concert up in the kitchen. And anyway, I didn't go for the high note because she was resting and I was like, oh, I'll bloody wake her up. I'm bellowing up here like there's no tomorrow think you I'm yeah. Adele And then my sister was in the room and she cocks her eye open and she goes, Well, she didn't hit that high note, did she? And I was like, Excuse me Excuse me So it's great memories as well, the stuff that she would say to us. Oh it she was She'd cracking sense of humour by selling cracking sense of humour. She'd be yeah. gas. So um you know, there is some very fond memories of of that time. as sure, well. Sure, sure. So. And
1: at least, you know, the, the thing is that you you have no regrets because I suppose had you stayed doing what you're doing, not that there would have been anything wrong with it either. And I'm sure she would have been supportive mm-hmm. of that decision. But you may have had to have lived with that, knowing that you didn't come home. Yeah. Whereas yeah you were there you were there when it mattered well yeah. you're you're an amazing person and I'm so glad for you that you had that precious time with her Yeah. Um, as you said it changed you how do you think what were the biggest changes you've like noticed since going through that experience because that's that's a huge loss that's a huge void in your life somebody who meant yeah. so much to you
2: it really is and I think for me it was it that really stems the whole value that I hold now as an artist of the staying true to yourself yeah. like it That is kind of what massively came out of it because, you know, I could have lost myself for a few years being somebody else and Mm. lost my nan and I think I would have been in a very dark and lonely place whereas I lost her but I found myself and that was really nice for me because I'm now so happy as a person and I don't know, then it being her song, then I kind of always knew that they're the songs I should be writing. This is where I'm going to be, and it's so manifest that it is. It is where I am, and now I'm sitting here, and yeah, I feel like I'm doing okay. I'm doing pretty good. That's really powerful.
1: That's really powerful what you've said. You know that you lost her, Mm. but you found yourself.
2: Yeah, I'm with that going again now. Sorry, I don't. I'm
1: not. I didn't mean to say that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is. That's huge. Yeah. Um. Wow. I've actually never really even properly
2: thought about it like that myself, but I think that that is what is inside me at the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she's always with you then. Oh, forever.
2: mm. Forever. Yeah. That little one in my head. (laughs) She's so funny.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I would imagine whenever you come up against anyone who wants to change you against what you are yourself, that you have that resilience, that knowing, that, that also that ability to go, you know, I, I can walk away from this because mm-hmm. I know what's more important to me is staying true to my principles, to yeah. what I believe in. Yeah. That's a fantastic place to be as an artist. Yeah,
2: it's lovely. It really is. It's it's nice to know that you That gives you have power. That, yeah, that you have that power in yourself to, you know, kind of live your life how you want to live it. Like I know sometimes people are like, you know, as an artist that you have like this genre and that you have this road and you have to stick in this road and I believe that for years. But like, you know, now doing what I do and create music like I might go in one day and want to write a ballad I might go in the next day and write a pop song I might want to go in the next day and write something else like you know I'm loving that I now have the confidence as well to like be able to explore different things within myself whereas before I'd be like oh no I'm a pop artist I can only write pop songs or like oh no I'm a dark demon I can only write like really dark music I was also going through that. And now I'm just like, you know what? I'm really enjoying just being an artist. Yeah. And if I want to write something on one day that reflects how I'm feeling, then that's what I'm going to do. But
1: well, the great thing about you is you are so unique. You're so distinctive. And I know one of your own personal influences was the wonderful Dolores O'Riordan. Yeah.
2: She is wicked. Yeah. Just I, for me, as an Irish artist, being able to hear another woman with a voice that kind of makes me feel safe. Yeah, she I don't never lost her accent. Is, always. It's class. And she she always had this very distinct voice that also was quite like brash and loud, which are things that I suppose in the pop industry at the start was n- not what they wanted to hear. They wanted okay. like very polished and clean, cut vocals, which I don't have. And she didn't have. And then when I heard her, I was like, oh, I can be Dolores too. So that was really cool for me. Yeah, yeah. As a girl growing up being like, oh, I don't have to sound like everyone else. Dolores doesn't. So why do I? Yeah. So that was great.
0: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new custom spray five-in-one gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves, without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from rust How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. All
1: bodies are beautiful. All bodies are amazing. But your body in particular seems to wear certain clothes really, really well. You suit your flamboyant style so brilliantly and you own it and you work it and it looks like there's a hell of a lot of work that goes into it.
2: Yeah, it is like a job and a job and a job. Like it's, It's a lot, but I love it. And like days like, for instance, when I'm getting the bus home now later down and the air coach I'm so fancy I'll be spending that three hours like looking on sites and like saving things so that when I know I have things coming up that okay. I almost like have a bank of stuff but like I get a lot of it from like eBay or Amazon or like the second hand one Depop like okay. things like that and like a lot of them are like drag outfits that I get and then just like alter them a bit and stuff like that so I just like having fun with it. or dresses that I just chop into like that have no fronts on them so I can just wear my leotard and my boots underneath them or stuff like that I think before independence I started spraying the dress and I just chopped it in half as a jacket and sprayed it green to go with my green dress that I was actually wearing so like it can be anything
1: you're very creative I suppose naively I might think you know you have a stylist doing that for you but it sounds like you're very much doing it yourself
2: Yeah, I do it myself.
1: And where did that come from? Did you always have a flair for fashion?
2: I always loved fashion, like all the time. Well, it sounds
1: like it from when you were talking about being a kid and you were always, you know, into it. But are you good then? Like if I gave you a needle and thread, would you be able to do something with it? Oh, no. No,
2: no, no. No, (laughs) That's a bridge too far. No, no. A scissors, a glue gun and a spray can. I mean, junk couture. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) That is me. I can sew. Like if I have to, I can like do something that will hold together for like a show. Okay. You know, like at Electric Picnic we had to sew the neck when I had it on. Oh right, And, yeah. and cut you out of it at the end, was it? That's about it. Basically. That's what happens.
1: What's your what's been your favourite look? <gasps>
2: oh. <laughs> I one of my favourite looks was the VIP awards when I wore the Balenciaga. Just oh, yeah. because I felt like it was so different for me. Like I was saying to the guys, like Sandra that does my makeup I was like, but I just this is just so boring. This is so boring. And she's like You're wearing full Balenciaga. Oh, yeah. She was like, it's not boring. And I was like, yeah. And then when I saw it back, I was like, it was just nice to kind of go a bit plainer than normally my like Vavavoom outfits. Yeah. And then I actually really liked the one that I wore for sea sessions. It was actually like a diamante dress. And then I got this like skirt made of tulle that I just wrapped around it and kind of like made it look like it was a part of the dress. And then my tie high boots. I thought that one ended up coming together pretty well. Yeah, that one as well.
1: And I'm sure you're planning, lo- as you said, on the way down, oh, like you'll be, you'll be there researching, researching, exactly. planning, planning, I think planning. I have
2: Thirty-two outfits to plan for the next two tours.
1: Well, yeah, so talk about the tours because you've a load of dates coming up all over the place.
2: I'm so excited! I'm so excited! I've been waiting for this since before lockdown. Because before lockdown, I'd done a tour of Ireland, my very first one, and it sold out. And I was like, "What? It's sold out? What's happening?" And then obviously went into lockdown. And now we're out and this is like the first time I'm going on tour since then. And yeah. the venues have like increased and I'm like, holy guacamole, I'm going to bigger venues. That's pretty cool in itself. Yeah. So.
1: A lot of them have sold out as well.
2: Yeah, a lot it's of them brilliant. have. Brilliant. I actually just stop asking since my anxiety gets the best of me. I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't handle it. And I'm like, okay, I'll just go. Just, I'll just go. And if there's people there, great. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. So starting the end of October um,
1: into November, into
2: November, and then I go straight from my own tour on tour at Westlife in the UK. Yeah, that'd so that's cool. going to be and great. And they're work. like
1: they're big, big arena shows. Yeah, it be deadly.
2: They're like mind blowing. Yeah, I'm going to be like a little ant on the stage <laughs> by myself. No, you're like, going to own hey. it. You're going <laughs> to
1: own it, and your your vibe and your energy is going to fill the space. It's going to be class. Yeah,
2: I so they tone down the outfits for that one, I think. Oh no! M- <laughs> more is more. I don't know about the bot hanging out for those ones. The mothers are <laughs> like, Jesus, would she put some clothes on her? I'll be morto. So let's see.
1: So the new single is Twenty Nine Boxes, just out a week. Yeah. Tell me about it. One
2: week, baby. Um. So she was kind of written randomly. On are all earphone. your songs female? No. No. Some of them aren't. Okay. I mean, there's some coming out, and I don't know what they are. I mean, they haven't. They don't even know what they are. Yeah,
1: they're fluid. Okay. Um,
2: So I was just at home one day, and I've I had a kind of a week where I was a bit up and down emotion wise, and I was comparing myself a lot to what I was seeing online. Of like, as honest as I'll be, is like stupid things like, oh how is their show sold out my show hasn't sold out I was doing stupid things in my mind like that I was okay. just having yeah. a week where I just felt like I was getting a bit lost and anyway. that's
1: not normally like you is it no
2: normally I don't look at things like that no, I, like, yeah. I don't even read comments or anything that much anymore because I don't want to get affected by the small majority of people who decide not to be nice so I just don't go there So, like, don't get me wrong, I love social media in the way that like it can really help an artist. It can help us stay in contact with our friends. Like, there's plenty of weddings I've missed that I felt like I've been there through social media. It's great. Mm. But there is that small percentage of people that just decide to to ruin it for everyone and really get in there under people's skins. And that day was just one of those days for me where I kind of just had enough of it and I felt like I'm sick of comparing myself to everyone and everything and I'm sick of people saying bad things about me when they don't even know who I am really. So I sat down on the couch literally and wrote 29 box in like two hours and she just came pouring out and like put four chords down, put them on loop and it just was this. And 29, 29, 29 box is actually like the maximum size of a post that you can have on social media. Oh yeah. So that's where the whole thing came from and yeah. then it's like, you know, do you love me like this? Do you love me like that? Or, you know, it's it's pretty raw, I must say. Like when you hear the song and, read the lyrics it's it kind of explains exactly what it's about
1: we're going to play a little bit of it now so here is a little taster I'm So is it going to be a different outfit for every show?
2: My plan is to do a different outfit for every show until. It's a like, lot of work
1: It's a lot of work Wow
2: Except for you know when it's like a double show Like a Friday and a Saturday Yeah I'm thinking I might wear the same outfit for those I might Only if time is not on my side Yeah Because it's a lot of
1: outfits That's a huge amount of work
2: it's so much work. Yeah. but Especially because I like wearing things that are a bit different or out there. So you can't bloody be rocking into Topshop and buying them off the shelf. Like they don't come like that. Yeah. So like I always have to get something and alter it or like add something to it or stuff like that.
1: Is a part of the confidence kit? Is a part of the persona of Lyra, the stage performer, that when you step into the booth or you step into the outfit that you embody the I'm now this is the me on stage as in like if you were to wear which what you're wearing today is lovely but it's cash if you were to step on stage as you are now would you be able to sing in the same way no yeah
2: and I definitely wouldn't be able to move in the same way and I no I I just wouldn't like if I walked in here now even to do an interview in my electric picnic outfit I feel like it might even be a different interview because I just get this feeling and I don't know what it is it's like And it's not that I'm a different person, it's just that my confidence comes out a bit more. Like, even today, sitting down, having a chat across the table, like, I feel nervous and I feel, like, very inward in myself. But it's just probably because I'm not as confident like this than I am when I'm on stage.
1: Well, you hide it well. I wouldn't (laughs) have thought that at all about you, I'm going to be honest. You seem so comfortable, so grounded. But that is really interesting isn't it So there's an element of You have an alter ego And I say that's a very common thing For the majority of artists
2: I'd say so yeah Like even like when I was Over at Dancing with Stars Watching the dancers And like they'd come out in their costumes And like they're always like Oh you second put your costume on And you hear the music It's just like they're like fierce Yeah And you're like I suppose it's just for a lot of performers It's like You know once you get there The lights are on You're made up You're You just come alive
1: Yeah now I know that you did the podcast with Brian Dowling and uh, and Lottie f- like the b- the backstage um podcast which was fantastic and I know it's been asked a million times Vijay, but I have to ask like would you do it yourself?
2: No way. No way. I'm shocking at dancing. <laughs> like i do the crab. Yeah. The crab and a I don't <laughs> I'd love to do it obviously for the the costumes and the makeup and the hair be great yeah. but but I I can't dance in my life. I don't even think they could teach me how to play a dance because <laughs> sometimes when I get nervous like and not good as a musician. Like I can go like a bit deaf, and like I can just like freak out if I get too nervous. <laughs> Imagine me dancing, deaf, not being able to dance. They're like, "What's happening, Lyra? Somebody just get her off the stage. I don't think that's a vibe for me. I think my career would go
1: rock bottom. Uh, I don't, I don't buy into that at all. But anyway, so come here. We know you love being on stage and doing that. But what in your downtime? What is your favorite thing to do?
2: walk the legs off myself with my dad. Literally, we're like two walkers. We just walk everywhere. It's walk and th- talk? Yeah, and eat. Oh, walk, love talk it. and eat. Yeah. So like, walk for the coffee, then walk for the lunch, then walk probably for a cake. <laughs> like, this this is what we do. The story of our lives. Um, That and babysitting my sister's kids is like a massive thing because oh. I'm obsessed with kids yeah. to death like I used to actually work in a kids club for free after school like I'm just a kid person really? yeah I love them for free? yes for free just, I don't know why I would do it and I got weed on and pooed on and <laughs> the lot and I still done it for free I was like what is wrong with you girl I just love kids I don't know they're just so innocent and they just yeah. they make life seem okay yeah. like you're like oh it's actually not as bad as it seems look how cute you are and like they're just so I love them so I do a lot of that like when I come home I do turn into a bit of a Nanny McVie. like her friends will see me down around where she lives and I just like hair scraped up on top of my head tracks on and they're like that's your sister, Lyra? <laughs> and like the kids <laughs> hanging off me, snots everywhere. And I'm literally in my element. And I love it. Oh,
1: it's um,
2: that's another thing that I love to do in my off time. I come home as much as I can to see them.
1: Yeah.
2: I don't know, just... A
1: normal life. Yeah. Do you have... Are you a person that operates off a... You know the way we talk about a five-year plan, a ten-year plan or a yearly plan. Do you do you do goals?
2: Not, not really. I used okay. to. And then... I'm kind of like, if I didn't reach it, I would like bait myself up about it and I'd really let it get into my head. And I almost then would start living my life towards that rather than just actually just living life and getting places. So I've kind of stopped doing that and I'm just like, you know what? All I really want to do next year is get as much music out as I can because I have so much music that I want it to come out because there's like probably about three albums worth of songs That needs to be shown into the world and I'm still writing new stuff as well. So I just, that's my plan. As much music as I can get out there because that's what it's about.
1: So are you in this creative space now or did it happen like through the pandemic? Were you still able to create? Because I know a lot of creatives struggled initially to create, to write music, to do whatever their own thing was creatively because of the high levels of fear mm. that were in the world a lot yeah. of people did kind of they felt like their creativity was stifled
2: I wrote a good bit during lockdown but I actually had a lot of it before lockdown because that's okay. when we were like yeah yeah she's ready to serve yeah so like had a lot of that it's just unfortunate we couldn't get back into the studios to redo them because they're mm. all at demo level where I've like written them in a day Um, so I have a lot of it from that and I was working quite a bit over in LA and obviously I couldn't go in there for ages so there's a lot of that. Like there, there was a time that I was going through and I became, which is so unlike me, even though you think I was wild. But I had a bit of a, like a wild time for like a couple of months and I was like over in LA and I was like living this dream of like thinking I was this Californication kind of girl. That I was like, who am I right now? And I actually wrote music over there that I never thought I'd be able to write. So I'm, I'm really excited about that coming out. I think people are going to be like, Lyra and I'm like yes she's here oh, she's cool. alright it's I'm, so much fun
1: well I'm excited for you listening to you because I can feel that that sense of I'm just ready to let everybody else in on what's been going on yeah. which is cool one last question before I let you go because I'm always really interested because I know a lot of a lot of people are very different and some people um, have their own little rituals or processes before and after a performance whatever it is be it an actor on a stage or a singer on a stage, whatever it is. But do you have anything in particular that you do before you hit the stage? And how are you afterwards? How is the mood? How is the vibe? Are you out like party central? Or do you like alone time? How does that all work?
2: So before I go on stage, I am the type of person that I like to be by myself for a while before I get on. Just because I literally, I know you can't really tell when I'm on stage, but like I, get, I do get nervous. So I like... Nobody around me. So I'd like to kind of like get in myself, try and calm myself down, steam my voice a lot.
1: Steam your voice. Yeah, it's
2: like this vocal steamer. Everyone has them, like little crockery pots. Literally, I think people think that I, I do a bong before I go on stage <laughs> because that's what it looks like. like this you is a vocal through. steamer. <laughs> yeah, this is a bloody vocal steamer, guys. I do that. And if I can have like a family member there... Especially like my sister, I like like one of them to be in the room with me because it's just so soothing. It's unbearable yeah, how soothing it okay. is. Or one of my managers. They're the only people that I really like to have like in my space when mm. I'm going on stage. Then I do this thing when I'm walking stage. Where I like bang my stomach and just go ha 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 ha, just to kind of rev me up a bit from oh, the yeah. gut. And I'm like, right, I'm ready. I'm ready.
1: You're making me think of Matthew McConaughey in uh, The oh Wolf my of Wall God. Street. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's me, me and Matthew. Ooh.
2: I wish. That's kind of cool. I bring him on tour me any day and we've just wept. Christ on a bike, he's handsome. Uh, that's what I do. Yeah. And then the second I hear, like I normally start with White Lady because it has a long intro on it. So it's nice to like have the stage empty and then the intro comes on and then I oh, walk yeah. on to the music. And the second Clever. I hear that first note, I'm like,
1: and, and rock and it's gone nervousness is gone like
2: absolutely gone but another thing actually that I do do is do do is um, (sighs) the first line of White Lady I will continuously sing it on my way to stage because I have this thing where if that first line goes well I'm mentally set up Right, mm. I'm in a positive frame where, like, total I went down first, and the first note was like, uh, and I was like, "No," and I felt like I oversang for the rest of the gig because I was so annoyed at myself that I had bummed up that note, and it just makes it worse because I, I try, and do these things, vocally, that I don't need to do because I'm trying to overcompensate for that note.
1: Right. So I do yeah, that, yeah, yeah.
2: And then when I come off stage, I'm normally quite emotional. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I just I sometimes I just get a bit emotional myself because it's such a high being there and like I think only recently I feel like I'm really known when I get on stage now and like pe- I hear people singing a lot and like you know people asking for photos and stuff and I I feel like it's it's really starting for me so I get a bit emotional when I come off and then It
1: must be amazing to hear people sing your words oh, back to so you It's so nice Yeah. It's
2: so it's so so nice like it's Mm. It's what I've kind of lived for the people knowing them that much so they can sing them back to you. So I'm like, thank God. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and then I'm not, give me about an hour and a half, and then I'm like, Jesus, I'm ready for the bit. I'm wrecked.
1: Okay, so you're not like, I get like tequila till dawn?
2: No. Right. I'm not. I am not that. I say I could drink 15 bottles of tequila and I would never reach that high anyway. Okay. So I'm like, what's the point what's in chasing point? it here? I'm just going to be dead as a dog in the morning. So. Yeah,
1: And also, I suppose you're being a professional because you're probably trying to save your voice because if you go out partying, you're screaming or roaring and you might lose your voice and then yeah. you have the gig the next night. That's not going to be practical. Yeah. So are we like a cup of Ovaltine and the cozy slippers?
2: Well, I, I wouldn't <laughs> say that. I still <laughs> would have a few glasses of something. Right. But I just wouldn't go crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I wouldn't be crayon out there. Yeah. I just let my sister do that for me. Okay oh, hard electric. I was like, I love you so much. It's her first time out in
1: ages after having the babies. But if you went out in amongst the masses, you would just be mauled.
2: Oh last year no, I wouldn't have been if we had been let out. They would have been like, You're right. And I've like <laughs> Yeah, I'm just here my arse hanging out. I'm obviously just after performing. I'm not just walking around like this, but this year people were actually coming up to yeah, me, and yeah, I was like, yeah. "Oh my god!" And they're like, "Do you mind?" And I'm like, "No, I'm loving it." I'm like, "Thank you, thanks for asking Aww. for a photo." It's it's wicked. It was really cool. I was like, "This is
1: amazing." Well, it's been really cool for me to meet you. I think thanks. you're deadly. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Uh, congrats on the single. Congrats on the tour. And obviously, 2023 is looking very bright for you. So have that holiday. Get the holiday in January because you are going to be flat out by the sound of things. She is. Thank you.
2: Thanks a million. Thanks for having me.
1: For a full list of tour dates, check out lyra.ie. Next week we take a deep dive into confidence with Professor Ian Robertson and if you enjoyed my chat with Lyra, please share it with friends, family or on social media and you can support what I do in all the usual ways by clicking follow, giving a rating or leaving a little comment. You've been listening to Ready
0: To Be Real.